0: An Olympics podcast coming your way today for a massive interview, an Olympic gold medal winning interview with Meg Harris, Australian swimmer, part of the women's four x 100 meter dominant relay team. In Tokyo as well as a bronze medalist as part of the 4x200 meters at the same Olympics. Great chat here from Meg learning about her journey in the sport living in Far North Queensland, took her to Brisbane and beyond, the youth Commonwealth Games that she went to in 2017 in the Bahamas and what that experience was like as well as the whole selection process around Tokyo, whether or not the delay for COVID helped or hindered her and what's to come from her. Obviously still very young and plenty of other opportunities moving forward for the Olympics. So this is a great chat, you're gonna get a lot out of it. Here's our chat with Olympic gold and bronze medal winning swimmer from Australia, Meg Harris. We always like talking about swimming here and off the podium, particularly when we can speak to someone who is an Olympic gold and bronze medalist, a world record holder, and somebody who is doing great things in swimming and has got some great Olympic experiences to share with us. She was a member of the four by 100 meter medal winning team in Tokyo, as well as four by 200 meter bronze medal winning team in the same Olympics. And to learn about that and everything else in between, it is a pleasure to welcome the one, the only Meg Harris to off the podium. Meg, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on off the podium today.
1: Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: it's it's thrilling. We love swimming. We're Australian. We have to love swimming, right? Like it just oh. it just happens. You wake up and you're like, oh, I like swimming. Um, <laughs> I I assume that's how we all kind of uh, get into it. But do you, I mean it's what been at the time of recording this a little over a year since Tokyo. Do you ever get tired of hearing those words, Olympic gold medalist, Meg Harris? Uh, I mean, you gotten used to it yet?
1: <laughs> I mean, i no, will never get tired of hearing it. <laughs> I mean, slowly you don't really get used to it. It's just something that you hear more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as time goes on, you go to like other things, like I went to Worlds, I went to Com games, and I think all each one is just incredible as you go along with it. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely you don't know, get used to it, but you just do hear it a lot more, which is still amazing.
0: <laughs> I just wonder if you get your friends like play a trumpet or something like that when you just walk into like a, a party or something like that. Like, here's Meg, here she is, da 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 Olympic gold medalist. Like, I mean, you know, you can take that as an idea if you've never had them do it before.
1: I usually announce myself when I walk into a room anyway, yep. so it's yep.
0: fun. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. It's, it's part of it going in there. Uh, I bet, mean, I mean, all jokes aside, obviously talking about swimming and, and the fact that every Australian loves it, I mean, we all – basically grow up swimming, but I believe your mum was a swim teacher and you also did a bit of surf life-saving. So how do you go from that to eventually winning an Olympic gold medal? Because unfortunately, surf life-saving, obviously not an Olympic sport, so you had to do a bit of a transition there.
1: Yeah, well, um, so I grew up in North Queensland, so that's very heavily on surf life-saving and that kind of stuff, like the beach, obviously. Um, And I guess I was just swimming for – learn to swim like you have to do learn to swim in Queensland and um swimming for that and obviously for the ocean swimming you need to learn how to swim. Pretty dangerous if you don't. So <laughs> learning basically swimming for that and then um got to the age where like you go to mini squad or you start doing more than just learning to swim. And my mum was taking mini squad classes and I was in that and it just got to the point where like I couldn't do that anymore, I guess. I was getting older and um Joined my first club in Mackay and then just took off from there, I guess.
0: Keep going that way, which it's interesting because I know we've um, had some canoeists on the show before and they've sort of started surf life saving with the paddle element with that. So, was it always the swimming element that you sort of enjoyed a little bit more than some of the other elements that came with surf uh, no. life saving?
1: <laughs> um, I hated swimming in the ocean. <laughs> um, I can't um, swim like the whole, I think I did surf for 10 years and. I think out of the whole time, I think I opened my eyes twice in the water. Wow! I'm petrified of jellyfish, hate jellyfish, um, and sharks. I guess them too. But um, I don't know, just scared of everything that was in the ocean. So I loved um, board paddling, so on top of the water, and um, but I hated waves. So whenever we came down to south to do stuff, I hated getting on the board because of just the waves. Um, so I guess I was more like. Not really, I can't run anymore. I can't do anything on the land, but um definitely preferred the out of water sports
0: more. <laughs> Which it then seems as soon as you ended up going into a pool, you just you <laughs> know, no no sharks, no jellyfish, no waves. Like it was perfect, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well in um there's like North Aussies and um they have a pool aspect of it. So it's like the first day is in a pool. And I think that's I loved that part way better than at the beach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which I guess living in, in Mackay in North Queensland, you're always wanting to be in the water though, right? Just to escape the heat though. So it's kind of a yeah. you know, like we've got to find a pool rather than the ocean if all that sort of stuff you hate.
1: I mean, I love swimming in the ocean, like like just playing like right in the surface, not going out deep.
0: The deep stuff. So you're never gonna be yeah. an open water swimmer basically, like oh, a marathon swimmer. No, no. Absolutely not absolutely not which were you also very sporty in other areas like just played a whole bunch of different sports growing up
1: um i guess like i did basketball in primary school and then played netball for a year in high school but i guess swimming and surf kind of took up most of the time with school
0: with your mum being a teacher is that a help or a hindrance? Because I, my dad used to coach me when I played hockey and it definitely had its perks, but also it definitely had its negatives, having your own dad coaching your team. So, like, I mean, I guess you could have that too with your mum coaching swimming as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, she's not really... I wouldn't consider her a coach more than to swim, like very, very young age. So she kind of just knew that it wasn't... Like, that. she never took over the coaching side of things. She was always the mum, <laughs> which is always amazing.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Did you have... With sort of the sports that you were doing and focusing on the swimming, was it something growing up that you watched the Olympics? Was this something you would look and go, okay, well, if I keep going at this, this could be something I could achieve one
1: day? Um, When I lived in Mackay, not really. Um, I guess I never really thought about it. Like that was something that I could do. Um, So from a young age, not really. When I moved to Brisbane, that was 2015 and 2016 was the Olympics. And that was – I was training at the same pool that um, Kate and Bronte Campbell were training at. Wow! And so that was the first time that like I really watched, or I remember watching the Olympics, I think. And um, I was yeah, watched them swim, and then that, that was the first time I was like, wow, this is actually like, like I want to swim for this reason.
0: That's so. crazy. That's how's that going to a, a club, and there you've got the Campbell sisters training. I mean, that's like yeah, know, I can't imagine how that the kind of either helps and like wow, there they are, the Campbell sisters. Holy
1: crap! Yeah, well, I mean, so I had a different coach, so it wasn't like training alongside them. But yeah, you'd always see them at the pool and you're like, wow, they're just people. Yeah. (laughs) Like growing up, like you see like all these like photos of them, you see them on TV most of the time and like you go to like some clinics and they're there. Like it's just different to actually having them like right next to you.
0: Which is insane to think, I love hearing these stories about how, you you know, you see them go to Rio and, and obviously go on to what they achieved there. And then to think that, well, five years later, should have been four, but uh, you're going to be their teammate essentially and and winning alongside of them, which, I mean, do you dare to dream when you're watching in Rio when you're seeing them win that four by 100 metres? Is there part of you that goes like, oh, one day that's going to be me? Like, and do you think it's something that is going to be achievable? Because you're there at the next Olympics being with them essentially.
1: Yeah, well, um, for me, I was pure sprinter. Like growing up, like 50 metres was as far as I went, like, at a certain level like I couldn't do the 100 meters as well as I could swim sprint like a 50 meters so in my mind I wasn't like oh, I want to be a 4x100m swim. So like I want to be like in that relay and that it was just swim as fast as I can to the end of the pool and basically just still watch these other people swim like I can't really remember it being on my mind like from a young age like I want to be in that race like I want to be in this race like I remember watching Steph Rice swim the 400 IM and I was like wow that's like incredible I just, like, so it wasn't specifically me, like, wanting to swim a race. It was just, like, wanting to swim, like, there, I guess. Which,
0: When it comes to the sprinting aspects, you're talking about sort of the 50 being your speciality. Is that something that you learn at an early age that I'm going to be a sprinter or freestyle is my stroke? Because obviously you can imagine experiment a lot with different strokes and distances, but at what point do you go 50-meter freestyle, this is my bag? (laughs)
1: Um. I don't know I just I never really knew how to race properly so like I never knew how like I never had the I guess the work for my back end or anything like that so it was just in my head it was I don't know if it was from surf like just going as fast as you can but in my head it was just get to the wall like as fast as you can so in a hundred I would go out so fast and really struggle to come back like growing up I was always the first to turn on the wall but then coming back was just everyone would overtake me and um I guess it wasn't until I really moved to St. Peter's that, like, I learned that, like, you have to work on your back end, like, train for your back end, and that's when I did. I worked on my back end, and that's when it started coming, that, like, I could actually swim 100 metres. I could swim 200 metres. Like, 200 metres was a full shock for me at trials Mm -hmm. last year. But, yeah, like, I guess, yeah, in my head, just get to the end of the wall, and, yeah, it just came with training and that that I learned that I could actually swim further. Because it's that interesting
0: aspect, I guess, of the 50, because you also don't have to turn in a 50, do you? You yeah. just jump in, thrash your arm for a 50 metres and then boom you're at the wall. Yeah. So was it yeah. also getting used to a turn? Because you're also not turning in surf lifesaving either, are you?
1: Yeah. Um, my skills were definitely lacking a lot, like my start, my turn. I don't know if it was fun because I was so tall, so young, that like I just really struggled with that. Um But now I'm working on it and that it's made a huge difference to my swimming, like, so far the past year being in Adelaide. So, yeah. You
0: you end up going sort of from that period where you're talking about 2015, Olympics 2016, but you go to – Youth Commonwealth Games in 2017 in the Bahamas, if you don't mind. Not a bad place. I don't yeah. know if we've ever really had someone on the show uh, go to a Youth Commonwealth Games before. So give us a bit of an idea of what that experience was like because was that your first sort of multi-sport event and kind of getting a taste of that lifestyle and what that was like?
1: Yeah, well, not just my first multi-sport event. Like, that was my first event. Like, before that, I'd only been away on, like, little camps, like TID camps that they do here with, like, like I guess the top swimmers, youth swimmers um so yeah that was my first team but that was actually a team that like was the second team picked so the first team went to junior worlds and then because i don't know if it's still a rule but you can't go to both in australia like you can't go to two junior teams anymore and um so like i got picked off basically not the leftovers i don't want to say like that but that was the team they picked for junior worlds and then they picked the Youth Come Games team second, so I was lucky enough to even be picked on that team. But an um, um, amazing experience. Like, I guess I really just enjoyed that it wasn't all about swimming. Like, and everyone else was actually fascinated about swimming and the swimmers were fascinated about everything else and we were allowed to go to the other sports and watch. So, it was, yeah, it was crazy.
0: Because I think what we find from, say, some of our guests who maybe go to a Youth Olympics or something yeah. like that is that, It does give you that taste because, I mean, a multi-sport event is completely different to what you're going to experience at a world championships or something like that. So, I mean, as you're saying, bumping in, I'm I'm looking here at the sports at the Youth Commonwealth Games. So, you you know, you obviously get your athletics, rugby sevens, tennis. uh, You bump into some beach soccer players, all that sort of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's pin trading, like uniform exchanging, like ceremonies, things like that. I mean, little things that I guess give you a a mini dress rehearsal for what you'll eventually experience at an Olympics. Yeah, well,
1: the one thing that was actually – weird at fun games that I remember so clearly was um we watched the judo. I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. like the wrestling kind of. And I remember everyone telling me that the only way you can basically win is if you dislocate the other person's shoulder or they pass out.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm in the wrong sport if I've got some anger going here. It's all good to swim. That's that's crazy to think that, that that's kind of what's going on. I'm sure there's
1: other rules that actually aren't like that, but that's the whole time when I got told, so the whole time I was just watching it, I'm just waiting for someone to pass out.
0: I think it was uh Rio when we did our first ones watching judo on this show. It was I think the Uchi Mata or something like that. There was some weird thing that they kept talking about which was a move in judo and we had a judoka on the show and she explained it and yeah, it's it's when you've got like this one thing that you can do. It's like that'd be like in swimming, like halfway through a race if you could play some special kick and you automatically win it's like ah, oh, meg yeah. wins she's pulled yeah. the golden kick out 25 meters in race over like it's yeah. kind of weird to think that but the bahamas too i mean that's not bad for your first kind of thing over overseas i mean oh, not a bad place to go not. right
1: <laughs> no but i mean the travel took 52 hours i think to get there 52 hours
0: wow it was supposed
1: to take 26 or something but um yeah we um didn't leave australia for like three hours like just on the tarmac so then every other flight just got delayed so by the time we got to LA the whole team had to split up so imagine all these junior kids like half ended up in New York half ended up like in Miami like Atlanta like the whole team was just spread over America.
0: Wow and, that's, yeah. and you're what 15 at the time so like is this your first yeah, time you've 17. gone on a trip like that sort of without the parents and family as well?
1: Yeah the only time I'd ever been overseas was um, Bali when I was like 10 with my
0: parents yeah. wow that's crazy is that i mean it's obviously exciting when you're 15 you're like, great overseas yeah. away from the parents bring it on but like it is also a a daunting experience too particularly when you go in there to compete i mean you do all right you win a gold medal but like i mean it's sort of do you how do you kind of put that in the back of your mind all those sort of aspects of wow this is i'm going out into the world as a, as a young 15 year old
1: I never really think that. I, in my head, like as like a 15 year old, I was just on top of the world. I was like, wow, I'm traveling the world, like I'm swimming. Like I I never really stopped to think about wow, like I'm literally in the middle of like America. I've never been overseas this far before, like that. I was just in my head, I was like, we're going there. I have all these like team managers, everything around me, like nothing's really gonna go wrong. Like how bad can it go? And I never got homesick at a young age, which I'm pretty happy for. I get homesick now, but I never did at a young age, so I was happy about that.
0: That works. As I said, gold medal in the in 50-metre the freestyle. Um, I mean, how's that to get your sort of first uh, big gold medal on an international tournament? Does it just light the fire? Do you think, Ah, oh, this is easy, gold oh. medal on the world stage, bring it on, I can keep doing this?
1: Oh, Definitely not easy. I didn't think I'd won. Um, I just touched the wall and then I heard um, Harris. And, like, I didn't think, like, anything. I never, like, in my mind it wasn't like, oh, Harris stole gold like this. I just heard Harris. I was like, oh, I've done something. <laughs> like maybe I got a place, and then I turn around. I was well I think I cried. I I have not cried in such a long time, and now here I am crying.
0: <laughs> wow, fantastic, fantastic! <laughs> you talk about sort of that selection process, kind of you know a team goes to the Junior Worlds, and you go to the Junior, uh, the Youth Commonwealth Games. What about the Youth Olympics in 2018? Was that ever a potential? Because it seems like it's a small team that gets sent there by the Australian delegation. So does it come down to numbers basically? How they, that works out?
1: Um, Well, Youth Olympics was just the top four from, like, so the top from every stroke guy and girl. So one of every stroke went. So it was pretty hard to get on that team. But 2018 for me was kind of not the best year. Like I moved to Simon, so I was more just in a transition phase. Um, So I moved to train with the Campbells, and that, and like my swimming took off after that. But it was just that year moving to him and like, so I moved, I think, after trials that year, like after national. So like I hadn't, I, did, I didn't make the team. So I, I moved to Simon and um yeah, that was the year like I just was, obviously I needed to do more. Like I was a sprint swimmer, but that wasn't enough to get me through anymore. So I had to learn, I had to change and figure out what I wanted to do.
0: Does it help when you're training along, like you're talking about watching the Campbells, is when you're training alongside them, uh, yeah. does that help them with the coaching change as well? I mean, how does that all, I was obviously it's benefited you quite yeah. a, quite a big deal.
1: Um, yeah, definitely. It was more, um, wasn't specifically just Simon and the Campbells, like training with them. China um, was there at the start as well. Like, so it was a lot of like, you just moved to a squad where like high performance. And so it was also going to the QAS gym, and like having like a gym coach, having like this kind of coach, but it wasn't just the one coach that did everything. It was like Simon was amazing with the swimming and that. But then you had like the skills coach. You had people working on every aspect, so it wasn't just the swimming and wow. that, which made it like in my mind. I was like, wow, this is like a full like. This isn't just swimming after school anymore. Like this is. It's
0: a job. Full time yeah. job, basically. <laughs> you talk- there's other aspects outside of the gym and and the swimming aspect like is that sort of the the mental aspect kind of nutrition is that kind of what all that is and and sort of what things do you sort of are learning in that period
1: um well in that sense i was just talking about like a skills coach like um biomechanism that like helping with like all like putting natural swim together but just the training um yeah but definitely there's psychologists there's dietitians, there's everyone that you could probably think of you can to help you basically get ahead
0: do you always try and have conversations particularly say with the sports psych of how do I find half a tenth, How do I find a tenth? Like, I mean, that mental aspect when it comes to any sport always fascinates me, but how does that work in swimming to just get that little bit faster?
1: Yeah. Um, well, recently, yeah, I've used a cycle I never used to in my head. I was always just go, go, go. Like I was never really stopped again to think about um, what was happening. Um, but I think, for me, I love racing. Like obviously not many people like training, like it's a hard thing to do. Um I love training though, but like racing is why I do it. Like I get up and racing and like so I struggled a lot in twenty whatever 2020, um, and getting back into it because like there was just no racing. Like there was nothing and it took a while for me to start to enjoy this swimming again, like because like racing was just it. Like for me, like I loved getting in the water and swimming as fast as I could. Like I think that's more why I did it. Like I love 50s because it's just get to the wall as fast as you can, like race. Um, So like, yeah, I never really had a problem with intent and getting in the water because that's what I love doing.
0: Because is there much thinking going on in like 25 seconds when you splash (laughs) and dash in a pool besides get to the wall first, get to the wall first?
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. The only thing I think of in a 50 is when I take my breath.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: And how does that, like,
0: is it just like one breath that you're kind of taking in that yeah. entire period? Uh, now,
1: yeah. Um, wow. I think about three years ago, I took eight.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> i probably taken 400. I couldn't imagine <laughs> that. one. So one breath, like, can you do the whole thing without taking a breath? Is that possible, do you
1: think? Um, Depends what kind of state I'm in. Like, sometimes I'm swimming and I get to where I need to take the breath, where like, I don't need to. But like, I would get to about five meters from the wall. And if I hadn't taken a breath, I like, probably should have taken a breath then. Wow. But um, yeah, so it's more just telling myself, like sometimes I get to it and I'm like, well, like, like I get five meters before I need to take a breath. Like, I just need to take it now. Yeah. Like it just, yeah, I guess it depends on like if I've done much breath work before or that kind of stuff, if I need to. But.
0: Which obviously in say the longer distances, the positioning, you, I'm sure you're aware of the the girls on either side of you where you are, but I mean in a 50, Are you even... I guess you can't even tell because there's so much thrashing going on. Like, can you get to a point and go, I've swung my ass off, clearly I'm gold, but you're seventh, or there'll be another race where you're (laughs) like, oh, shit, that wasn't too good. Holy crap, I won.
1: Yeah, well, um, it is really hard to tell because everyone's pretty much even. Um, But I always know, like, I dive in and my underwater has never been the strongest. I always come up just a bit behind. So, like, it is my swimming that I need to really pick up to get to the wall. So... Like I kind of notice I'm a bit behind at the start. Um, And then I get to the breath and I'm like, okay, well, this is it. Put my head down. And then I don't, for the last 15 meters, just don't think about anything but getting to the wall.
0: Getting to the wall. I I always love it when you see it though, like just the touch and everything. And obviously there's a whole technique when it comes to that, that touching the wall.
1: Do you ever get
0: so into it? You just like headbutt the wall? Is that a thing that fifty meters does too? Because it just seems like it's so fast and furious that bang into the wall! Shit, that that happened.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've never experienced that, but I, mean, I don't think I'm going fast enough that my arm would give away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, I mean, I'm not saying, try it. Like, I'm not saying Paris, like, oh, and there's Meg Harris headbutting the wall for gold. Like, probably not a smart idea. But um, yeah. it's just crazy, kind of how how furious that goes. Twenty nineteen. Uh, You go to the World Juniors, you get a silver, two bronzes, including a bronze in the 50 freestyle and a bronze in the 100 freestyle. Again, similar to the youth Commonwealth Games, that experience, and is that something then that after a difficult 2018 that you've achieved that now at a World Juniors that, again, continuing to light that flame, you're you're out at that point from an Olympics, you know, kind of, uh, you know, anything's possible from there.
1: Yeah, I mean... um it definitely was amazing <laughs> um but the 53 like was always again get to the wall like nothing you can really do to plan for that other than I guess be in the best shape um but the 100 yeah was I swam a really great 100 like a PB um at the trials and then at worlds like junior worlds it wasn't actually one of my best swims like I didn't do a PB like I probably was just a bit off but um so I definitely knew that, like, that's happened quite a bit, like, going onto an international stage. My 50s been fine, but the 100's the one that, like, I get into a race and I just get, like, the adrenaline is so high that, like, I just don't know how to, like, didn't know how to help my race plan, didn't know how to do any of that. Like, I just got in the water and was, again, it was swim as fast as you can and then try hold on. So, yeah, um, definitely knew that I had to do a lot of work um, if I really wanted to make Tokyo um, coming off Junior Worlds. Like, I was still young um still young now but like I was a junior swimmer um so like I knew that like if I wanted to be against these girls like I really needed to figure out how to race internationally
0: how is that level from junior to to senior and and do you kind of get a vibe where you think you're ready that hey coach I think I'm good enough now to go like obviously it's a time-based sport so you could probably tell with your times but do you really like push the selectors to be like, look at me, I'm doing this. I'm ready. Put me on the, on the senior team.
1: Um, I don't know. There wasn't really a moment for me where I was like, I'm ready to be on the junior team. It was more like, I mean, I'm ready to be on the senior team. It was more like I want to be like, I'm ready to put in the work to do it. Um, But it's hard when you're on a junior team because it is so like the team managers and everyone they like always have to be around because you're on a junior team, like you're all under 18 years old. Like you're so like, I guess like there's limits to what you can do but as compared to now being on a senior team like it's just so different like so not laid back but like you can do so much more for yourself rather than like so like when you get to the pool you get to the pool when you need to get to the pool rather as a junior swimmer like you had to get to the pool with the group so like it was more thinking about a senior team you're just wondering like oh I don't really know how to explain it but like you, are, you notice that you're on a junior team more hmm. and like, yeah, so you're like, oh, they're, these kids, like they're, they're great swimmers but you still kind of compare yourself to the older swimmers because you're not quite there yet. So. It's,
0: it's interesting to think with that because, <laughs> you know, you look at some of our swimmers we've had in the past who are clearly of junior age. I think to Ian Thorpe back in, you know, all the way back in Sydney when he's been 16, 17 and he's doing what he does at that age. It's kind of yeah. obviously there's a a, a point as a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old, where if you're that good, you're going to, hey, go to the Olympics. I don't think yeah. they're going to say, like, no, you're too young. But it's obviously, yeah, that transition. And, and that supervision aspect is obviously very interesting to that as well because you're right, if you're under 18, you kind of need that level to kind of yeah. cross over there. Did the delay then for you, the the extra year for Tokyo, did that ultimately end up helping? Do you think if the Olympics had gone ahead in 2000, uh, 2020 sorry, as planned, you still would have gone you still would have been selected and you still would have been there
1: uh, i mean i don't know like no one knows but i 100 percent think that the extra year helped me like i um going into 2020 trials um i was not like lurking swimming like i was really just going day in day out just going to the pool training coming home like that was it like i wasn't enjoying it i wasn't um I don't know. Like it's the Olympics. It's a huge thing. Like everyone wants to go, but in my head, I was just like, this is more like a job, I guess than something that I want to do. Um, and then coming off the back of, I guess the break or not break lockdown, um, coming out of it. Um, it was more an ease back into swimming. So it took a long time, like we slowly built up and then went into States like with absolutely no pressure and started racing again. And then as the racing came, I started enjoying it more with less pressure. And um, that was when I was like, wow, like I, if I actually, like I started doing PBs, like huge PBs that I hadn't done in a long time. Um, And I was like enjoying it. And I was like, if I actually put my head down, like this is actually something that I might be able to do if I work this way.
0: And with that enjoyment, the closer and closer it gets say to the trials before the Olympics, does that, enjoyment turn to pressure and if so then does the pressure do you feed off pressure thinking that i do well here i'm going to an olympics or is it the opposite do you not feed off pressure
1: um i mean i didn't really feel the pressure going into um olympic trials it was more like like i have a shot like i wasn't like no one was really watching me no one was this but um i always had dean in my ear saying like you can do it like you have like an actual chance of being on this team and um I guess going into the four by one like trying to go off a relay it's different because you only have to be top four or like there's a chance if you're top eight you could like they take like there's just so many freestyle swimmers which is also harder but I guess because there is so many it's less people just looking at you to make their team it's more looking at a group of swimmers like this group of swimmers, like, if these four people go, like, look what they could do. Like, if there's six people go, there's so many heat swimmers, as this, like, they could do amazing. It's rather than just, like, you look at someone like Arnie and they're like, oh, if Arnie makes the team, they like, look what she can do. Like, there's less, I guess, eyes just on you. But I can um, imagine
0: on the flip side, though, for the 4 by 100 meter women's relay yeah. team, the best team in the world for the last, yeah. you know, 300 years, basically, that there is a bit of pressure. Because I can imagine you've got such a stacked group of girls who are fighting for these relay spots yeah.
1: right yeah well um i guess it was just as everything was happening i was just going along with it so it was first it was make the final of the trials make the team and then we get to olympics and it was you're in the heats and then you swim the heats and then it's like you're in the final so it's more just you never actually knew the next Well, like you did, like you knew what was going to come next, but you didn't actually know if you were going to be on this. So it was, for me, in the heats, it was like no idea, like any one of us could have been in the final. Like we all similar times or just as fast. It was literally who could perform on that day. And so you just had to put in the best swim forward for the heat. So it wasn't really thinking about um, racing at the Olympics in the heats. For me, it was more that race was I have to do the best I can in this race to make the finals. So the heat, I guess, was good because it was my first swim at the Olympics. So I was nervous, but it was more like I wasn't racing for the Olympics. I was racing like to try and get a spot in the final. So it was less pressure off that. So then it came around to the final and I was like, well, I've already swam. Yeah. And I'm with these girls. Like all we have to do is win basically do what, now. Do so, what we're here to yeah. do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Which on the trial aspect So do you, I mean, I'm assuming you go in there also wanting to try and make an individual event as well. So do you sort of balance that mentality of want to make the relay, want to make the individual, or is it kind of all blend together that you you swim your best race in the individuals, you're going to make that as well as the
1: relay? Um, Going to Tokyo uh, individual spot was not on my mind at all. Um, For me it was make the team, be on the team, like be a the big team, like that was just it like, I was nowhere near, like, the mentality of getting an individual spot, like, um, obviously, you get an individual spot, that's incredible, like, you're s- swimming in the world stage, like, by yourself, but, um, I love relays, like, it's one of the best things is swimming with other people, you get to celebrate your success with other people, um, but, um, coming into this year, um, obviously, you put more pressure on yourself, I guess. Like you have swim a relay, like, you know what it's like to swim a relay, like you want more. And um, I'm always going to be happy for the girls, like swimming with Shana, Molly, Maddie, like they're incredible swimmers. Like no matter what they do, I'm always going to be happy for them. But um, it's still in your head. You're like, wow, like I want an individual spot. And I think as the week at trials this year went on more, I was like, wow, like I really want a spot. Like I want a spot. And because at trials, you're never fully confirmed on the team if, unless you're one and two and I guess you, if you're one and two you have an individual spot so it's all the whole week you're still like you know like you're probably going to be on the team but it's not like you can't officially say like you're on the team and then made the 50 touch second of the 50 and I was like well, wow, it's just <laughs> it's I like guess you're in an individual spot like it's different yeah. to a relay like the relays I actually enjoy relays more swimming with a team but like you you yeah. have a once in a lifetime opportunity to swim sometimes wants to swim a uh, race by yourself on the world stage
0: yeah so. which and also then getting selected for the four by 100 meters is probably like you know a, a cricketer getting chosen to play for australia you know yeah. playing for the matildas you know if you're a soccer player all these esteemed australian national teams yeah. because i mean undefeated what since twenty. 20- 12 and uh, you know 20, yeah. 2004 bronze in 2008 i mean this is the team you want to be on so i mean kind of yeah. when you get that when you get the hey meg you're going uh like i mean what's that feeling like
1: um pretty incredible i mean you get <laughs> um picked to the real like, you're like wow like there's a chance that like you could be coming home like there's a high chance you could be coming home with an Olympic medal like that's just like what the mentality is like you like whether or not it's gold silver bronze or even just making the final like you're coming home with you're probably going to have a success from this meet with this relay because these girls are and the girls that you're swimming with like it was emacate and bronte like they're like one two three in the world most of the time like it was just yeah incredible
0: it's crazy to think that that as you're saying you get that selection and you're almost you're thinking a medal because obviously the unique thing about swimming which we'll talk about with the four by two is if you swim the heats you also get a medal which is just incredible i'd love to hear just about the olympic experience itself obviously tokyo are very unique games it's your own yeah. Olympics, so yeah. you obviously don't know much different from what you experience but do you soak up everything that you can in terms of again back to what i was saying about pin trading things like that you know bumping yeah. shoulders with oh you know there's rafael nadal or somebody like that like kind of what was that whole outside the competition yeah. uh experience like um yeah i
1: guess it was different with tokyo because of covid um you were You couldn't really interact with other countries. I guess well, you could. Um, it was easier when you were at your sport, like at the pool, to interact. But um, at the like village, it was. If you spend more than like fifteen minutes with someone from another country, you could be a close contact. So you couldn't spend more than this time with another person. And like in the food hall, there was like um, like shields, like around, like clear shields around. So it was hard to like really just go around and sit down and meet people when you like were constantly in the back of your head. It was like, if you spend more than 15 minutes with this person, like, and they test positive, then like you're done for your racing because you can't swim anymore. So it was really hard, but, um, I guess you still run into people. You still meet people like in that, but I guess everything just happens so fast. Like I look back on it now and I'm like, like some memories come back and I'm like, wow, I actually, I don't remember that happening like this happening in that moment or like it comes back to you and you're like wow like i forgot about that but <laughs> yeah for me it was just everything like happened so fast like i don't really even remember my race like wow. i remember after it i remember the medal ceremony but like people are saying oh what would you feel like in your race so i was like i don't really remember <laughs> i remember the last um like 25 meters with kate swimming in but like the rest of it, like watching like so and me getting in, and then Kate and then Emma getting in. Like I really don't remember like all that part because it's just like just on flight mode, like just going so fast. Well,
0: it's because it's also the fact, Mick. This is your first of many, right? You're like, oh, I've got another four of these to go to. It's fine, yeah. like you know, we'll just <laughs> we'll we'll down there. But do you, is it any moment though? I always love asking this question about where it kind of hits you that you're an Olympian, like when you get your uniform, when you land in Tokyo, when you're on the starting blocks, is there any moment where you think to yourself, I am an Olympian?
1: Um, I can't specifically remember that moment, but I remember um, when it hit me that I got cold was when uh, watching Zach, um, Zach win the 200 breast. Like I was, that was the first time I was in the stands, like watching a race. Um, So that race, I was like, wow, he just won gold. And then I was like, wow, like i I did that too. Like we just Mm. done that like a couple of days before. So that race and then the first race, which was Brendan Smith's 400 IM Yeah. when he, yeah, when he got bronze and then we watched it. And I was like, wow, I'm about to race. Like this could happen. Like for me, like this, I could be up on that podium. Like he is like, it's, so there were the two races that I actually just remember. And they were the ones that I was like, wow, like I'm actually here. That's
0: crazy. That's crazy. You mentioned obviously with the whole aspect of heats into the finals, yeah. Similar to what I asked about getting selected for the Olympics. What was that moment like when you got the tap on the shoulder? Be like, Meg, you, you've done all right in the heats. So we we like you. I think you might get ready. You're going to be swimming in the final tonight. Like, what was that like?
1: Um, I think from that moment on, I was just in, that was when I just hit, like, autopilot. And I was like, wow, I'm racing. Like, I just need to get home, do what I can. Like, so it wasn't really soaking in, like, wow, I'm in the final. It was, well, I've got, okay, I've got another race. I have to perform like this. Um. I mean, I'm now thinking back on it, I didn't really take in a lot of the moments because I was just so nervous, but, um, no, it's still incredible. Like even watching the, um, four by two guys, like you're in the heats and you watch them like, like, oh, they have to perform now. You don't like, I guess it sucks that you're not in the final race, but you're like knowing that like they've done everything they can, like they're the team that they're going to put forward, that they trust that they're going to do what their job is. And then you kind of just in your head, you're like, yeah, like that's it. Like they're the ones that are gonna swim this race and like
0: you're happy for them. I'm not to disparage the role of a heat swimmer, but in a way you kinda get a cruisy role. Think about it, man. You do a bit of work in the morning, you go home, put your feet up, watch them win a medal, and you get a medal too. So you're kinda like, sweet, I get something for free almost. Like it's I guess it depends on the relay.
1: (laughs) Definitely depends on the relay though. Like this year there's been some relays that um they're like, well, wow, we actually need you to put in some effort if we need to get into the final for this one and that, which is kind of actually nerve-wracking because you're like, think, like they're putting this team and it's not their top team. Like they're saving their top team, but like if they put their top team in, they'd 100% be in the final. But like mm. they put this team in, and you're like, wow, like we have pressure. Like we have to make the final for them, otherwise, like that. And even if you have like a high chance of getting in the final time-wise, you think like, oh if I, I, can't, I have to do a changeover properly, like, if I fall start, like, that's automatically, like, the team's out, like, I guess there's different pressures on it rather than, like, yeah, once you're home and then you've made the final for them, you're like, wow, look, like, now they're swimming, like, I got them in the final and that, but in the race, it's actually pretty nerve-wracking, like, in case, like, you do fall start, in case something, like, the changeover does go wrong and you're like, well, just yeah. ruin the whole finals team, like, they don't even get a swim.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, it's good to think that. And then obviously the positioning, we've talked a bit to some swimmers on the show about the positioning of swimmers yeah. in the relay. So you're you're second off in the final. So Bronte leads off, you go in second, which, I mean, do you, with the strategy, you talk You talk a lot about like the race plan. Is there a, yeah. you say to Bronte, you go out, thrash and bash as much as you can. Meg, your goal to kind of maintain it. Like what's sort of the strategy of the second leg in a relay in a final like that?
1: Um. I guess when you're at, like, it's at a level where you're like, all have your different coaches, you'll have this, like, you have your different race plans. It's not like um, you work, well, you obviously work together, but you still have your own separate race. So, Bronte has her way that she swims her race. I have my way that I swim my race, but we practice the changeover. So, I practice with her last 10 meters, my last 10 meters into Emma, Emma's last into K. Like, that's the one point where we come together then that's when we work together. But the rest of the race is just no matter if you're first, you're third, you're last, like you have to swim the way that you practice swimming. Otherwise, you're just not going to get the times that you're expecting.
0: I'd love to know, actually, this is a question I don't think I've ever asked. Obviously, Tokyo, no Mm -hmm. crowds except for support staff and the other athletes. So when you've got Bronte, Emma, Kate on those blocks, spurring you home, like how extra fuel does that help because obviously you've got a crowd usually at most events cheering yeah. you on you know go australia go australia but when you've got your teammates and can you hear them and are you focusing on them screaming at you go oh. come on man come on you've got this
1: um well i guess at being second the other two girls after me haven't swum yet so they're still trying to i guess because they're, they're not wasting their breath on their they're so, not so, screaming yeah, at yeah. you yet so it's all Bronte. and obviously Bronte, <laughs> bronte's in the water like she's not going to be able to stand behind me cheering me on <laughs> But, no, but in the um, marshalling room with those girls was, like, amazing. Like, I was – I think they could tell that I was so nervous. Um, and, like, I remember this so clearly. Like, we were sitting in the marshalling room and every other country was just kind of sitting there by themselves. But we were just talking, like, the whole time talking about random stuff, like, nothing else. And um, I remember – I think it was – I can't remember if it was Emerald or Bronte. But we are sitting there and they're like, like, this is it. Like, nothing you can do in the next ten minutes – is going to change the way that you race. Like, you can't do an extra push-up. You can't do, like, any of this kind of stuff. Like, nothing you can do is going to change. Like, just enjoy it. Wow. And so, like, from then on, like, with those girls, like, we weren't really talking about swimming, we weren't talking about that. It was just whatever came to our minds. We were talking about and walking out, like, tearing each other on. Like, you got this. Like, that was, took so much pressure off the swim. Like, I guess, so, like, like, it, it's not really about times in the end, Um, other than a wild record. But, like, it's not, like, the race, like, your race, it's the Olympic finals, you get there to win. Like that's the goal. Like no one at the end of the day remembers what time you did if you got an Olympic gold. Like it's just you got the gold, like it doesn't matter.
0: And it's a a bit of a mind game too. If you've got all these other countries around you who are going, shit, shit in an Olympic final and yet here's Australia going, so what did you have for dinner last night? Oh, did you watch the game last night? Like I mean, it's like mind games. You guys are the best in the world and all of a sudden they're going, shit, is that what we need to do? Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) I definitely took the pressure off the race and I was able to enjoy it so much more as much as I still didn't remember half of it, but yeah.
0: It's insane. I, I love the story I've seen in a couple of interviews and I'd love you to share it on the show today. The realisation that you'd broken the world record because you didn't <laughs> know that you had broken the world record, did you?
1: <laughs> well, obviously everyone's cheering because we won gold. Like that's In my mind, I was like, oh, everyone's just super hyped. Like, we got gold, Like this is it. And then, um, yeah, we're in the interview later. And then they're like, how do you feel? Like, that was a world record. And I just turned to Kate and I was like, what? And Kate's like, yeah, like, we got a world record. I'm like, oh,
0: shit, like, I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Kate's used to it. She's like, oh, world record. Come on, Beg, it's not that special. I've got 20 of them. Like, you know, get over it, yeah. basically. But it's, yeah. I mean, obviously just the dominance because it's also that fact that three in a row, which is a rare enough feat, I I, I think from memory you join uh, Andrew Hoy. And Dawn Fraser, uh, sort of that group of you know teams that have done it, uh, I guess athletes and that have done three consecutive for Australia in Olympics. Obviously, Andrew Hoye part of a, a venting team in equestrian, but you know Kate's part of that steam club three in a row. Um, Bronte, like it's just incredible to think that dominance that Australia yeah. has. What, what, why do we produce such good relay female relay swimmers
1: in this country? Oh, I think because the like it's so already so competitive that everyone just wants to be a part of it. Like the four by one is always got a huge chance of winning, and I think if you make the team for the four by one, you just know that like you have like a really good shot at getting a gold on the world stage. Like it's huge, and because the like competition is so big that you get more people coming into it, and they're more competitive, more competitive, and everyone just wants to keep getting better to be on the team, and that's just. I think it's going to
0: be like that for a long time. We, on this show, we've got a strong Canadian connection. So we were extra happy that Canada got the silver and also then that the Americans only got bronze. I mean, be honest, Meg, any time that America doesn't finish second and gets a third, like that's an extra bit of my world record gold medal in Olympics and America only got a bronze. They didn't even get silver. That's extra weight there.
1: Uh, no i love the americans
0: <laughs> the rivalry I mean, though come on, on the, the rivalry add it to it <laughs> yeah they
1: just beat us in jewel in the pool which was frustrating but um.
0: oh well give them one it, you know that doesn't count jewel in the pool come on it's not the olympics come on that that one doesn't count you i mean you mentioned obviously the medal and, and everything that came with that the stamp getting to be on a stamp is that kind of extra little thing when oh, you get, get that was home? weird yeah so <laughs> people sending me
1: photos like i just put your stamp i was like oh i don't have a stamp <laughs> and then my mum's hung it up in my room she's hung up all like the little things like my room my old room here is like a shrine
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> i love it <laughs> which i mean yeah god just covered in stamps which then with the medal itself i mean is that part of your shrine Does your mum sort of like frame <laughs> that put it with the stamps What's no that's actually there?
1: at my um grandparents house in adelaide um when we were left this year for our uh, for the was in home games, my grandma's like, "You're not leaving without me taking that to my house. Like, no one's gonna steal it." <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll take that on board there. Which yeah. one thing I love finding out too is obviously you get the bronze as part of the four by two because you swam the heats. When do they give you the medal? There's always seems to be a different story with this. Does somebody from the yeah. AOC just goes, "By the way, Meg, here's your Olympic medal. Just yeah. you know, extra one oh, for yeah. you."
1: I think Australia does a bit differently to other countries, but um, we have at the end of each like competition, we have like a team meeting and we do it as the other team, like so the final team members present their heat swimmers with the medals, right. which is nice. It's a nice yeah. little touch. Fantastic. Yeah. Which,
0: yeah. I mean, you, you leave your first Olympic Games as a two-time medalist, not not a bad turnaround. Yeah. But, I mean, sort of I, I, I joked before about multiple Olympics, but I mean – You know, Paris, at the time, recording this, less than two years away, the one that I'd love to know about, less than 10 years away from Brisbane, uh, home state Olympics, you're still quite young, Meg. I mean, I look at Kate, what she's done, sort of how many Olympics she's been to in a row. Does does that, like, tickle the fancy for potentially longevity that you think there's a prospect of a home Olympics?
1: I mean, it's definitely exciting thinking about it, but. I don't know if I could
0: swim for that long. Oh, never say never. Come on. Yeah. Was it Michael Phelps, like 80 when he retired? Come on.
1: But I'm just, yeah. <laughs> at the moment, I'm just focusing on Paris and Melbourne.
0: So, yeah. Keep pushing with that. Which, I mean, yeah. obviously, too, The time recording this, 2022, you've had a fantastic year with with the World Champs, the, the, the Commonwealth Games, just adding to that. So, when you look at... Paris, is it a simple case of maintaining that dominance by the four by one and and then maybe focusing uh, I believe on some individual events as well? Is that kind of your next sort of step for the next Olympics?
1: Uh definitely um aiming for individual swims, but um obviously still want to be a part of that four by one relay. I'm gonna have to put in a lot of work now with all these swimmers coming through. There's so many of us now. But um, no, definitely that relay is something that I always want to be a part of as long as I'm swimming. Um, and yeah, obviously, I enjoyed so much. I mean, the fifty three individual, so there's always like always hungry for more of that. But yeah,
0: it's it's an, an experience too with the with the Commonwealth Games. Obviously, I've been to a Youth Commonwealth Games too. I mean, uh, that in itself, and to get that individual silver, uh, you know, pretty special feeling as well. I can imagine. I mean, how how was your experience at the Commonwealth Games? Did you enjoy that?
1: Oh, loved every second of the Commonwealth Games. The um crowd was insane. Like it was huge. Um. I think at the end of it, England like England was just cheering for everyone, which was so good. But um, no, especially swimming, getting to swim with the other Australians like at Worlds, I was the only one because Shana didn't get to swim. Um, so it was kind of like I was way more nervous than that one. But swimming alongside those girls in the final and then again, being on the podium with them was just incredible. Sweep,
0: yeah. Because yeah. I mean, it's that rare factor a Commonwealth Games, isn't it? You Because generally there's only two of you up there, isn't there? So you can't really yeah. do... The sweep. And, and also to, I mean, you want to win the gold, of course you do, but if you lose the gold to the goat Emma, I mean, that's kind of not too bad. Like if you want to lose, you want to lose yeah. to the goat, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. And um, it was the um, woman, I think it was her 11th or 12th gold, the one that made her the most decorated Yeah. Um, Commonwealth Games. Incredible. Like even just being part of that race was huge. Yeah,
0: you're, you're always going to be a teammate alongside our most decorated Commonwealth athlete, most decorated Olympic athlete. Like it's just insane to think, which again, like she just seems so humble. It just doesn't seem like, Oh yeah, gold. Yep. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. Like, I mean, I can imagine that just being a teammate with someone like we talked about with the Campbells, but I mean, to be alongside someone like that who's achieving so much can only be inspirational for you and your own swimming.
1: Oh definitely, like you watch her win, you're like, I want that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you obviously wanted.
1: it, everyone wants it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's got the Tower one eleven. I can I can beat her record basically moving forward too. Wow! No, but she's That's, an
1: incredible solo.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to think just the level of success she's had and obviously more to come. Meg, we, we like to close out every interview with a set of uh, fun get to know you style questions. But, but before I get to those, just you mentioned Dean before. Dean's obviously gotten his own little uh, fan club out there as well. I mean again How's how's he? Like is that him all the time? Is he always just grabbing on things and getting excited oh, and pumped up? Always, <laughs> just you know, he's at the pool. Come on, mate, swim hard! I'm just you know absolutely going off all the time. Oh,
1: always got the energy. Like, loves wants the best out of everyone. So what can you do? And they get everyone up and
0: hyped. You just can't help but get pumped because I just I, someone like that just would be. Fun to be around, you know. Like, you had, had a shit day. You're up at five a.m. Oh, I don't want to swim today. It's like, come on, man, you can do it. Swim. He's your gold. Dangle it at the other end of the pool. Like, get you involved. Does he do tricks like that? Like, he's, you know, does he ever has an off switch? That's what I ask. Does he have an off switch? uh no, no, <laughs> not to me, <laughs> not to you. All right, that's good then. Okay, yeah. good to know. Well, he, there should be a cheering event at Olympic Six. It's a gold medal because we know he would clearly win that. Obviously, oh, definitely. Uh, These set of questions put towards Team Canada athletes ahead of Rio and Pyeongchang are always a good aspect to get to know a little bit more about you. There's a drawing element, Meg. You don't have to. It's not compulsory. If you're you're any good at drawing and you feel the need to do something. You're not? Okay. Well, (laughs) if, if you change your mind, I could get you to draw a picture of yourself. There's draw a picture of a Canadian animal. We can make that Australian animal. and what would the coolest Olympic medal look like? So, again, if you want to send us in, we'll put it on social media. Otherwise, you don't fail. It's all good. Uh, I'm going to start off by asking you, who to you is the greatest Olympian of all time?
1: Um, I guess in my mind, Usain Bolt. <laughs> yeah,
0: good answer. Because he's just
1: the one person that I remember so many of him just winning constantly mm-hmm. constantly. Yep.
0: Yeah. Which is an interesting, I think was Tokyo was the first Olympics, what's in Sydney, that Usain Bolt hadn't been at. So it was sort of, uh, it was interesting to not have to look out for him. Oh, here's one. This, is, this makes me feel old, no, no matter what you answer with this one. Uh, the first Olympics you remember watching was?
1: 2016 Rio.
0: Yeah, definitely makes me feel old. Considering you weren't even born when Australia hosted the Olympics in 2000. That's, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, we'll move on from that one. Uh, what is your favourite ice cream flavour?
1: Mint chocolate.
0: Oh, didn't even hesitate. I like that. <laughs> Yum. Are you allowed much ice cream when you're in training mode?
1: Uh, I'm not in training, but you know, you always have it.
0: You always do. <laughs> sneak it. Don't don't let Dean know. You can just, you know, sneak it up. I'm actually the rest. with
1: this now. I'm an athlete.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well that, that always lets you have the ice cream. Um, <laughs> if, if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be?
1: My walkout music.
0: Hmm you kind of have in swimming now it's don't you really
1: random but the last I just said out short course every the, every time I put my song I had to listen to single eddies
0: <laughs> ah nice
1: <laughs> a bit random but it was stuck in my head the whole week so I had to, I'd say I'd just go with that right now
0: if it works it works right perfect mm-hmm. I like it in a movie about your life who would play you
1: can I play myself
0: of course you can how's your acting <laughs> ability go for it oh great yeah, I think Madonna's making her own biofilm, so why not Meg Harris?
1: Simple. It's a movie about me by me.
0: Yeah, I can I, I? also can imagine you would hate Family Guy, right? Like you just you must hate the whole <laughs> shut up Meg thing.
1: <laughs> I once googled my name on um Urban dictionary because my sister's name means beautiful, and so I googled my name and it said to call someone Meg is to call them an insult <laughs> based on Family Guy. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's a bit mean, but um. No, just it. shut up, Meg. Just all the time. It has to be said, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Your guilty pleasure snack is?
1: Um, probably Tim Tams.
0: Oh, yes. Good answer. Ooh. Do you take them with you like on the road, like when you go overseas, just because you can't really buy them overseas?
1: No, nah, they melt. But yeah. actually that or whipped cream in a can. Just Ooh. spray it.
0: Yeah, kind of just like do the whole nozzle thing, uh, yeah. just kind of. What about whipped cream on a Tim Tam? Have you tried that? Uh, I'm mm.
1: Pretty sure I have.
0: Yeah, if not. I put gonna, whipped cream
1: on everything.
0: Yeah, that's that's the way to go. But hot chocolate. Oh, okay, stop oh. it. I'm getting hungry. Uh, shut up, Meg. Uh, my my <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't like, this one's a tricky one because unless you've got one, I think it's hard. Your favourite song lyric is, do you have like a lyric that just speaks to you?
1: Not really. No. Yeah, it's always
0: one that puts you on the spot unless you've got one. So yeah, yeah, we'll skip that one. What is the most recent TV show that you binge
1: watched? Um, I can't remember. The last thing I can think of is Bridgerton, but I, that wasn't the last thing I watched.
0: It'll come to you. You, you, we'll, we'll, we'll take Bridgerton as the answer there for that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> your biggest fear in life is drowning. Drowning, wow, wow. that's – you don't want to do that in your sport. Um, wow. <laughs> that's maybe the first swimmer I've ever heard say that, but okay. That, that I think that's sense. just one
1: way I'd be like, it'd just be embarrassing if I went out drowning. Like- <laughs> yeah,
0: probably. Yeah, I, I used to love that when you'd see the, um, you know, before Steve and sadly died, They the interviewers would ask, you know, like, oh, aren't you scared something's going to happen? And he'd be like, I don't want to get eaten by a crocodile and die because there'll be somebody watching going, I knew that would happen. Um, <laughs> so I love, I'm using Emily Overholt's answer here for this one. She's written, waking up with a spider on my face. Very specific. Oh. Um, (laughs) Don't know how much that happens in Canada. Uh, The last one for you here today, Meg. What is one thing you can't live without?
1: Mm. I'm going to say Maddie Wilson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she'd appreciate that. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go, Maddie. That's that's extra. Bring her extra Tim Tams now that Meg said yeah. that. So
1: potentially there.
0: <laughs> Meg, before we let you go, if people want to follow the journey through to Paris and beyond social media, where can people stay up to date with you?
1: On uh, well, my Instagram, at um, Harris Meg, but with two eyes because one eye was taken.
0: Oh, damn it. Oh, do I they know. not know who you are? Come on. <laughs> Jeez. TikTok? Do you have TikTok?
1: I do. Same name.
0: Okay, all right. I yep. need to get the TikTok flowing on this show. I found out that, yeah, Andrew Hoy at 62 has TikTok. I feel that now we need to uh, definitely uh, get that going up here on the show. Meg, this has been so much fun learning a lot about your journey and your Olympic experiences. Good luck with everything moving forward, and we'll get you back on with all those 10 gold medals around your neck after Paris. How does that sound?
1: Well, yeah, We'll try. <laughs> <laughs> And a massive
0: thanks there to Meg for her time. Good to know that uh, Dean's off switch is uh, not really a thing there. Uh, Obviously, kind of makes a lot of sense with that. And also TikTok again. We're still uh, just floating around ideas when it comes to TikTok. So, got to learn everything else there with it moving forward. But a big thanks to Meg for her time and her management for arranging that one. And if you want to see the video version of that one, of course, YouTube search for Off The Podium. You can see all our other great interviews that we've done video interviews along the way as well and all of the other social medias TikTok not a thing yet but we are on facebook twitter and instagram all of those fun ones to get yourself involved in so uh, make sure you hook yourself up on those and subscribe to the show off the podium all good podcast platforms out there you can find the show subscribe leave some feedback we'd love to hear what you think of the show coming up we've got plenty of great action coming your way as per usual some great interviews, including our first ever taste of soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. I like to call it football because it's the only true form of football on the planet. And as an Australian, we generally call it soccer because that's a different thing, football here, but whatever we are crossing that off the list. Our very first football player will be on the show next week, an Olympic gold medal winning football player, if you don't mind. So uh, tune in next week, you'll be able to find out who that is. And you'll be able to learn about their great journey in the sport and more about kicking a ball in a net and winning a gold medal. It's pretty simple, really. I could do it, but I choose not to. I choose a podcast. Uh, We will be back next week for that. Some other great interviews coming your way as well, so stay tuned. In the meantime, thanks again to Meg for her time on the show. Shout out to the Birmingham Bull. My name is Ben. This has been Off the Podium. Remember to go left and fizzle-dizzle.